0: Hello, welcome to the American Scorer podcast. I am your host Chris. Uh, as always, I have the OG Timuchin with me. How you doing, dude? Uh pretty good, sir. Pretty good. Well then, Chelsea.
1: Uh where do we start? Man, yeah. <laughs> a lot to a lot to go on uh, in this game.
0: Uh, a great result um and and definitely um one that I uh I was a little bit nervous about before the game. Um let, let's just jump straight in. Um before the game, the, the, the eleven was announced um, with Thiago uh, on the bench. Um, but the big talking point was, was Fabinho at centre-back. Uh, Joe Gomez with a little knock to his knee, I think. And then uh, Joe Matib, he's he's out, uh, I think, for a month now. With uh, a almost, yeah, injury. Basically,
1: it's still after the international break, which is almost a month, like four weeks.
0: Yeah, um, and there's a lot of games in there. So um, hopefully he can get back, back soon. But um, yeah, I mean... Uh, what were your thoughts seeing Fabinho with centre back before the game?
1: I'll be honest, man. I was worried. I mean, we've talked about it before. I'm just not a big fan of this concept. So I would hope that we kind of learned from what City tried to do last year. And I know, you know, Fab is a bit more uh, physically capable, I guess I should say, to Fernandinho in terms of being able to play different positions and stuff. Uh, has yeah. more of a size and stuff like that. But, yeah, still worried about him. He did great. But when I saw the lineup, I was like, Ugh. knowing they have like Timo up there, who's obviously was kind of almost in some ways trying a bit too hard to prove a point and, yeah. you know, show us off. I was worried, obviously, because Timo has that speed. Uh, I kind of knew he would hide between, you know, Trent and Fab and trying to exploit that, which he did. Well, which he tried. Uh, so yeah. kind of worried about it. I guess it all turned out good at the end, but. I mean, this is exactly what we kind of talked about. These, you know, Matip kind of being injured regularly, unfortunately. I mean, he's my favorite. I really think he should be the number two center back even over Gomez. Yeah. But he's always injured. And, you know, Gomez gets injured. Obviously, this is like another incident. It's never like, you know, it's a one week here, two weeks there. But that's all it takes. I mean, if it costs you a game, the way, you know, how tight it is right now in the Premier League. It's a little concerning. But I'll be honest, like, you know, the talk is you know, about still signing, like, you know, Ozan Kabak from, like, Schalke. And, you know, the dude is Turkish. Obviously, I'm all for it. But, <laughs> you know, if you told me before the game, I mean, I watched him a couple of games recently. I was like, Ugh, I don't know how this experiment is going to pan out. Obviously, you yeah. know, Liverpool's scouting is better than mine. But if I had to pick, I would pick Fab over Kabak right now anyway to start this game.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. I mean, um, you know, we were all a little bit worried. I know, I know, our little um, Discord chat that we have with all the the American Scouser guys and, and um, uh, Mr. Brickler in particular was was particularly concerned about uh, Fabinho being in there. And, and you know, the last game I remember him playing at, at centre back, um, he he put in a FIFA Team of the Week performance against um, a very good Bayern Munich team, um, which was a, a massive surprise for everyone. And, and I, I I sort of went into Looking at this lineup w- with the same optimism, uh, and he comes out with well, arguably, you know, um, a man of the match performance. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, Sadio was man of the match for me, but uh, I-, I think it, from a defensive standpoint, he, he was superb. He- even Van Dijk, turned, you know, came out and said that um, he was his man of the match. So, I mean, he he had Werner in his pocket, as you said. You know, Werner was going to, you know, sit in that little inside channel between Trent and Fabinho and try and expose. You know, that gap in behind, behind Trent when he when he ventures forward. And um and we knew that was gonna happen. And, you know, we we know Fabinho's defensive qualities. You know, he plays as a defensive midfielder, so we know he he can get the tackles in at the right time. There was there was one where, you know, like you said, Werner seemed to be trying to prove himself that I can run past this guy. Yeah. And it just wasn't gonna happen. Um, you know, I think there was one where there was a one-on-one foot race he had with him. Um, and he realized that he didn't have the speed to just blast him out of the water. Uh, Fabinho was able to just just stay with him enough to put him off and, and disrupt him enough uh, and then get a foot in there or, or whatever it needed. Uh, and it, it re- I think it was super demoralizing for for Warner, especially after his comments after last week's game against Brighton. You know, he, he had said that um, coming to the Premier League, um, he had mentioned about the, the defenders and the center backs being so big. Yeah. And so physical, you know, um, and I think he, there was maybe the thought that, oh, well, Fabinho in there at centre-back, Um, I can concentrate on him so I don't have to battle the best centre-back on the planet because um, I'm never going to win that battle. But I can go with this guy because he's a midfielder playing at centre-back. Well, he's actually a right-back who turned into a centre-back, uh, turned into a centre-defender or a central defensive midfielder. I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> Uh, and then move it back to to centre back. Um, so we, so he's used to playing in the defensive positions, um, and he, he you know he just has a defensive brain, um, and, and I really love him as a footballer. Uh, he just he he kind of gives us that mateep, um, ability with with his with the ball at his feet as well. He can come forward with the ball and spray those passes, and um, you know it. it I know people are worried about it and I was kind of worried about it myself, but seeing it and against a team like Chelsea who aren't exactly hitting yet. I mean, Kai Havertz was, was practically invisible the whole game. Um, you know, Werner was the only one on, the, on that team that, that looked like anything. So let's get into the game. Um, the first half, it, it was pretty tight. I mean, we had most of the ball, most of the chances. Um, not that there was a lot of chances at all, actually. It, it was a pretty sort of even to and fro sort of thing. And then Handel played a ball. And, and what a ball that is. Was, that was an un- unreal ball. And um, and Christensen basically looked like he was trying out for the Patriots. Because um, that was a hell of a tackle. Dude, that was uh, a safety
1: tackle. I mean, it's a great touchdown-saving tackle. But, I mean, could you make it look any worse? But I remember I saw actually Carragher talking about it. That pass that went there because of the, you know, the... Linebacker tackle that he pulled over there that's getting talked a lot yeah. more. It should be a yellow, red kind of thing. But I mean, that pass that you know, Anderson pulled from a standing position to put that much strength underneath the ball and right in front of like the channel that's just yeah. shows his range right there.
0: Yeah, and, and then you know, there's the question was it a red card? Um, because you know, obviously, they talk about the last man thing, and there was the they were talking about the position of Keppa. For me, it was a red card because he didn't play the ball; he just rugby tackled him. Yes, he was the last man, and I think the fact that it was just he didn't attempt to go for the ball at all made it a red card. Um, The arguments that the last man or Kepa was going to get the ball or whatever are are taken out of it now because that's just a straight up rugby tackle, you know. So it it just for me that that's a red card offense. I feel like I mean it became a discussion just because
1: Kepa came out. So if Keppa yeah. was not coming out, it would be no discussion at all, and that's what kind of like throws me off. If Keppa was still in his line or inside the box, you, you yeah. know, it would be automatic red. I don't think we were even talking about it because, like you're saying, he's not yeah. even looking at the ball. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, yeah. this guy is gone. Let me just like tackle him down," and you know, like with two Wait. arms, like like is like a football tackle.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not a referee, and and I don't know the 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 rules of the Premier League inside out, Um, and. To be honest with you, I can't be really bothered to go and read them all because it's, a lot of it's just nonsense. <laughs> but, um, I mean, in my estimation, it, he is the last man. The goalkeeper doesn't get come into the equation when it's the last man tackle like that because even if Kepa's on his line or in the box, he's still the goalkeeper. Yeah. So whether he's out of his box or in the box, it's, it's irrelevant to his position. You know what I mean? Because he's the man that he's going to put the ball past. I almost feel like this is like the
1: the refs kind of taking advantage of VAR at the same time, which I guess I'm fine with, but it creates these discussions. Like, you know, I don't know if there was no VAR, would that have been a red? He would, you know, he would have, or is it now, let me give a yellow, worst case scenario, we go watch it and I can always convert it to a red. So that's like, I guess the thing in my head, if there was no VAR, I almost feel like that would have been a red maybe he would have been like, yeah, that's a red. And I think when you look back, you can kind of see that almost like in the American football, like the uncatchable ball thing for pass interference. It's kind of (laughs) like a similar concept because you can see if he's not, you know, tackled like that, money is going to get that ball, you know, especially knowing how agile he is. You know he's going to at least get a touch on the ball. And really, the way Kepa was coming out of like 100 miles an hour, that's all he would have needed to kind of like tap it past them and then just like roll it into an empty net.
0: Yep, um, and that's that's it. It's it kind of you know give us a nice free kick in a, in an area that was uh, promising as well, but nothing sort of came of it. And the first half that was kind of like the big, the big big highlight of the first half. I mean, there was a, there was a few sort of half chances here and there and and, and things, but I mean for me. Um, in that first half, Henderson looked great. Um, so, so it was kind of a shock to me to see at halftime that. Um, well, when I saw Thiago sat on the sideline, I was like, "Oh," and I thought, "Well, okay, ten man Chelsea. This is probably a good game to bring him in and get him better into the team because he's not going to have uh, as much pressure on him." Um, you know, Chelsea because they don't have the eleven men can't play the high press as well. Uh, you know so tiago can almost become that extra man now i was i was surprised to see him come in from henderson uh, from what i heard it was a, a he had a tight hamstring and they didn't want to risk uh, anything or he had a tight quad. I mean, you knew it had uh, to be
1: something cuz you know he would not be the one to come out of from that game based on that first half i mean when yeah, same thing when yeah. i saw him warming up my original thought was he's coming in for nabi and then i yeah, know, i thought so, I'm like yeah. or maybe genie but never thought henderson yeah. so when henderson did happen like you're saying you kind of knew something happened. It had to be injury-related, mm-hmm. or thank God it was just nothing like serious injury. Was more playing it safe, but you knew there was something.
0: Yeah, uh, and we'll get on to Tiago because that—that's going to be—I uh, have a lot to say about that. Um, <laughs> uh, but but let's get on to the first goal. Um, what a thing of absolute beauty! Oh yeah, uh, that was just just like that was just the epitome of us as is an attacking football team. One touch interplay. Little ball in behind Bobby, ball across. Sadio Mani there, just to head into the corner. I mean, it, it, great
1: header by the way. I know, like you know, a lot, lot gets up in that setup. How they just like froze the Chelsea defense with yeah. one give and go. But that is a great header to be able to get that much power and hit it exactly into the corner while going kind of almost like backwards against. That's the uh, neck power right there to get that error in. I've
0: I've I think I've said this before and I I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I I might have said it on a different podcast or something, but uh, Sadio Mane um is surprisingly good in the air. Uh, and he reminds me very much of Tim Cahill in that sense. He's not the tallest guy in the world. I think he's only like five ten. Yeah. Five eleven. He's not that tall, but he has this unbelievably um great leap. Um, you know, he, he's kind of like um what was that that guy that used to play, he was in Space Jam, uh the basketball <laughs> fair. He was only like he was only like 5 foot 5, but he could dunk like a madman. What was his name? Um Spud? Yeah, yeah, Spud Webb. Yeah, Spud Webb. Like he he like the, he was man, he like I guess like he could have been in the wizard of wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's I mean? almost like carrying like your portable
1: trampoline um, around with you, I mean the way they char-
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, so uh, Manny has that 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 real physicality and ability. He has that that turn of pace, which gives him that extra, um, like that acceleration that he has, gives him the ability to jump. It's it's kind of a two things that go hand in hand. If a lot of guys that, um, if you look at like Olympic sports, a lot of guys that are one hundred meter sprinters are, are usually particularly good jumpers, long jumpers, triple jumpers. Good example of that is Carl Lewis, um, phenomenal one hundred meter runner, uh, phenomenal long jumper. Um, you know, so there are two things that go hand in hand that spring, um, that he can get Uh, and Manny has that. And it's very similar to, to Tim Cahill. You just don't expect somebody that size to be that good in the air, to be able to get up in the air and beat center backs and defenders that are usually taller than him, Um, and put the ball right in the corner, how he did, you know, it was a masterful header. As you said, it definitely has to be applauded. yeah, it, it just it just looked easy for us, um, and of course, playing against ten men, uh, you know, can go two ways for you. Uh, it can be the hardest thing you've ever done, uh, and you find it hard, or it just opens you up. Uh, and I think the two things of bringing Thiago in and then being down to ten men just went in hand in hand in us absolutely tearing them apart. Um, I mean, we, we kind of. It was almost as if we just lifted our foot off the gas and went. Let's have some fun, and some of the passes and this, the stuff that was happening was just ridiculous.
2: Yeah, like, it they was just looked so easy. easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and then you, and then you have a goal when you're up against a goalkeeper like Kepa. You know, bless the lad. He's he's he's, he's having a, a serious case of the carriers. Um, yeah. You know. Um, you know. It's he's had a couple of bad things, and, and it's just in his head. Um I think the, it happened at the hair last year um and and they 're just you know he 's in his own head and, and he gives up um i I saw it coming the whole game they were playing those back passes to him, and Manny and Salah and Bobby were getting so close to him every single yes, time said, exactly. it's only going to be a matter of time until somebody gets a hold of one of these, and it happened
1: yeah, exactly. You know, I like, thought it' the, the same thing. game to play. I mean, you almost could see, the, I mean, yeah, as you watch, you're like, man, we're going to get one of these. But, you know, you get the same feeling. Well, I'm a warrior. You know me. So I get the same feeling <laughs> when we pass it back to Ali, too. But I mean, yeah, yeah, you could tell it was getting so close. He's not the most likable dude, Kepa, uh, no. just because, you know, I don't know if his demeanor or whatever it is, but even in that sense, as unlikable as I normally find him, like nothing against the dude. He's just not a guy. But you had to almost like feel bad for the dude because you know yeah. i mean and you know i've seen like and i've seen and read some about you know like psychological stuff that goes on with players and stuff like that i mean even the depression all those kinds of things and you almost yeah. feel bad for the dude because you know he's going through a brutal time it's not and for a goalie i mean they kind of talked about this during the game the only insights Tim how could ever bring to a freaking game is a goalie thing anyway so they were i kind of like talking about it and yeah, I mean, if you're a midfielder, defender, whatever you're in the field, even if you're not having the best game or in the best form, you can do little things, and you can kind of put those yeah. little pluses, little pluses to kind of get rid of the big negative. When you're a goalie, you just can't. I mean, you just, you know, any little negative is a freaking goal. And, you know, it's kind of, it's almost like, I guess we're kind of spoiled, like it's expected that you save these things. So those little positives come very rare. I mean, either have one save yeah. against Genie, But yeah, I mean you're gonna have phenomenal sale. Yeah. I mean that was and then I guess Salah it was kind of at him. The one with Salah was at him. Uh but still I mean, you you
0: can only you can only save what comes at you. Yeah. Oh so it's it's one of those things. And um, you know, uh we knew it was nervy, uh, and you could see, you know, uh there was a few people were like, oh what, 30 yards out, let's have a dig. This guy's not in good form, you know. So it, it kind of distracted a little bit. Um so let's get on to, I think, is probably probably the biggest talking point of the weekend. Um, Tiago Alcantara, Alcantara uh, I think, is the proper pronunciation. I'm not too sure. We'll just stick to Tiago because that's easier. Yeah. I- <laughs> uh, so obviously, this is the, the, the bromance that we've had going since sort of the end of last season. There was a lot of talk of it and whether it was happening or not. Where are we going to get him? And and I was kind of like, oh, you know, at 29, he's getting on a bit. You know, he's not the most, um, he's, he hasn't got the greatest injury record or whatever. And then I looked at his stats. And I said, well, actually, he, he holy shit, you know? <laughs> um, and then we get word, we get wind on, fr- on sort of th- late Thursday night that it was a possibility. Next thing, he's there on Friday. Yep. And then we're hearing, and then we're hearing word about J- Jota. And then Jota arrives on Saturday and we're like, wow, this is going to be great. Can't wait to see these guys. And then all of a sudden, Thiago's in the lineup for Sunday. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, that's huge. For me, that's huge because you think about when, when Klopp brings new players in, it usually takes a while before they, they yeah. actually come into the squad. Um, I mean, the fact that he arrived on Friday had probably one little mini training session on Saturday, possibly. Maybe just the tactical thing. And to go straight into the team on the Sunday is kind of crazy to me. Uh, But then, um, let's just start with the stat of 75 passes completed in 45 minutes, breaking the record for passes in a Premier League game since records began in 2004-05. A lot of people are saying, oh, we only did it because it was against 10 men Chelsea. This is since records began. I'm sure there's lots of other players have had 45 minutes against other teams that only had like 10, 9 and 8 players. This guy just comes in in his first game against Chelsea, who finished third in the Premier League last year and spent 200 million over the summer. Uh, you know, on a player like Werner and Havertz and all these guys and this guy comes in and just is it a game is it FIFA? Like did you watch like it was a joke. How easy that guy make made that game look. He- like an absolute farce. In in my head, I'm watching this going, this isn't real. Yeah, he has that. Van Dyke in midfield look to
1: him. Doesn't he, like, the way he was in there, he almost, like, he doesn't... Calm as you like. Like, he's just going around, and I, I think, like, Dixon was the one who said looks like he has, like, hands at the bottom of his ankles. Yeah. <laughs> said, like, yeah. Balls in places. Scooping balls all over the place. I mean, yeah, when we talked in the last pod uh, with, like, Jamie and Mateusz, I mean, we were kind of, like, trying to speculate when he would first play, because, like you're saying, it yeah. took a long time, and, you know, my guess was after the international break. So it says a lot yeah. about what Klopp thinks of the guy. And obviously, I mean, he's world-class. And I, I mean, it was probably like the perfect storm in terms of the, the scenario for him to come into a game. I mean, I saw the stat and the record. I mean, as impressive as that is, my biggest thing is, you know, like the eye test. Like, you just watch him in the middle of that field. It is great to have, first of all, another player. Let's face it, our midfields, passing range is not all that it's more focused on the hard work, winning the ball, and, you know, letting the, the fullbacks or the front three do the work. It's great to well, have yeah, a I, guy I think- who can switch the ball. Because, I mean, that's why we always rely on Henderson and we say when Henderson is not there, because the ball does not move fast enough. Because GD yeah. Milner, you know, like those guys, you know, even Fab, I mean, they're going to control the ball. They're going to move the ball around, but it takes a long time for the switches, the long balls and stuff like that. I mean, how many times did he swing that ball all the way over to Robo on the left-hand side and stuff, so it's great to have another guy who can distribute the ball like that, who can kind of like pass between the
0: lines. Yeah. Great vision. Well, and some the of the ball. passes, like you were saying there, like passing between the lines, and 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 Henderson has has the innate ability to play this beautiful diagonal whip cross, kind of like Trent's uh, end of the box when he when he gets over onto that right-hand side. It's a beautiful ball, uh, and he's a master at it, and, and he can play some really nice through balls. But Thiago is bringing, uh, to me, sort of Pirlo-level passing um, to this team. Um, to be able to walk into this team and and look like you've been there forever. Like, to put in a performance, like a, a record-breaking performance like that. He had more passes than the whole Chelsea team in, in 90 minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like he's had more. He had more passes than Obama, Yang, McCarthy, and somebody else put together this season. Um, it, it's it, and we play a particular type type of football. But when you look at how quickly he moves that ball, it's crazy. The ball's at his feet, and he and he does like three or four moves and passes it in a split second. It, it just and even just how he he changes direction. He's almost like he's almost changed and turned before he gets the ball, so that when the ball arrives at his foot, it's first time gone it's 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 just, it's beautiful to watch. Um, I, dude, I'm so excited. Like, I am beside myself. Like, I, I'm kind of scared for other teams now because I was scared for them before. But can you, like, think about it? This guy pinging those types of balls to that front three. And can you imagine, like, Sadio was on form. Can you imagine Bobby on form? Can you imagine Salah on form and those balls coming over? And you've got other people like Minamino starting to show form. Kira didn't do so well against them there, but he's been showing form recently. Like, it's just, man, it just seems to be getting better and better.
1: I think it's going to take probably two, three weeks, but even in that game, I think it's going to take some time for these guys to even expect these balls. Because there was a couple Mm -hmm. of balls that he put through in between three, four defenders, like zipped it in, Between the lines. And you could almost tell whoever received the ball was not really expecting that to come back. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're not used to those balls coming through. I mean, let's be honest, they're not. They're expecting it to go to the side. Because, I mean, he had almost like a semi no look pass that he threaded in in by three players and zipped it. And I can't remember who received the ball. It was Bobby. They did not see that coming. And if, yeah. So I think, you know. But here's the the
0: thing. Can I just say something? Can I say something about that pass? Um, you know, in that position, Henderson, the right-footed player that he is and the way he would think, that right-footed pass is going out the trend. Yes, exactly. And he did it with the outside of his left foot. No look to Bobby. Now, if that had been any other player than Bobby, there might have been a problem. But Bobby's good with his feet. He's good with the unexpected. and 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 I think this this is where I think this combination is going to be the most lethal, because when Bobby and Thiago can get on the same page, because you know how hard Bobby works, and how much Bobby makes the space for Salah and Mane, when Thiago's putting those balls through into Bobby, and he starts to catch on to this and starts pulling those defenders into that space, it's going to be like it's just going to be oh man it's exciting I mean, have like the things that can happen kind of thing yeah i mean oh, almost like
1: he is what i was hoping nabi would bring to be honest and obviously nabi has more time he's um, okay. younger to develop into that role but in terms of the role to be able to win balls zip through good on the dribble as well when he needs to be but you like you're saying i think is the key is moving the ball so fast especially against teams that will sit back against us i mean i think yeah. he is going to be key and yeah, I mean, what a great signing that could turn out to be. And I think that here's kind of here's puts a, us over the top again.
0: Here's a question for you. Uh, and I was asked this a couple of days ago when we signed him. Um, he's the first superstar player that we've signed. Yes, we, we broke a record for VVD and we broke a record for Allison when we signed them, but they weren't superstar level. Not to the level that this guy's at. You know what I mean? Like, for me, us signing a player like Thiago, who's being billed and mentioned by some commentators and his peers as the best midfielder on the planet, you know, um, he, he's very much in the mold of the likes of Azavi, Iniesta, that kind of level, you know. Um, and, and as much as I love Henderson and Fabinho and Genie and all that kind of stuff, they are phenomenally hardworking footballers and they are world class but they are not elite level. This guy, for me, is elite level. And for a team we are an elite team made up of hardworking players. Yes. Yeah. Now, now we're starting to add these elite elements. Um, you know, VVD and Allison are now in the elite level because they're, they've, they've put themselves there with their, their form and how they've been playing. Obviously, VVD hasn't been as um sort of calm and collected as he as he was sort of early last season and and the season before but hey here's the thing we're all human everybody's going to mistake make mistakes sometimes he can't be perfect um but I, I just think we're now starting to see this is this new era of liverpool this is the new era of domination um
1: i think you're right in if, the
0: sense that in terms
1: of like bringing somebody in he's probably like the guy that has the best resume when he comes yeah. in. I mean, with what he's established, how he's played. Yeah. Like how he's viewed. And yeah, I agree. Like we've signed some players that were, you know, seeked out by a lot of other clubs, like wanted guys, you know, but they were, they never brought in, I mean, you know, like Van Dyke, Allison, I mean, you yep. know, throw a bunch of names in there and, but they were never, even like money when we signed them. I mean, you know, he was not really he came over. I mean, he was a really good player, yeah. but anytime you get a player from, well, it's usually Southampton, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> anytime you get a player from the teams, C- it's always like, yeah, but can they do it? in like, that big team, top teams and stuff like that. Whereas even like, you know, like I said, we've spent a ton of money signing Van Dijk and stuff, but it was always like, well, let's hope he can do this as well. And never brought yeah. like a huge resume along with him. They might have been wanted and sought after but never brought a resume like this guy has. And it's, yeah. amazing. And I think honestly, if it wasn't for, you know, having like Xavi and Iniesta and stuff like that, he would have probably stayed at Barcelona and become a star there. Anyway, I don't yeah. think he would have ever gone to Germany. That's a great, you know, signed by Bayern in the first place. And yeah, I yeah. mean, dude is amazing. Like I, you know, always like seen him like play obviously in the Champions League and stuff like that. I don't watch a lot of Bundesliga yeah. to be honest with you, so I have not seen him in action in like the German League as much, but so you've seen him kind of like play there, and you're like, man, he's a good player even for like Spain and stuff, but yeah, like. W- been watching him a lot more closely, obviously, ever since the rumors started, which now feels like months and months and months ago. And <laughs> yeah. but yeah, man, he is gonna be a joy to watch and gives clubs so many options on what we can do in midfield.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to think what, what what we can do, and 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 you think as well, like um you saw in preseason that he he, he toyed a little bit with his his old um what I call the Dortmund formation of four two three one. And just thinking of sort of Thiago and Fabinho as a pivot uh, in that that two-man midfield, Um, or or even Thiago and Henderson, or Thiago and and Naby, like it—it just, oh man, it just sounds so good, you know. And and it allows you to bring in the likes of Minamino and go with a more attacking sort of um, idea with the front four rather than a front three and, and you know we're starting to see all these little things you know Minamino's starting to show form I can't wait for the Lincoln City game because I'm interested to see how um, you know look at sort of some of the fringe players I'd say we'll probably get to see Chimikis and um, and he's recovered from COVID and stuff he was on the bench so we'll probably get to see him we might get to see Jota um, what did you think of that possibly? signing? because I
1: mean that almost kind of came out of nowhere and happened within oh, about dude. 24 hours
0: dude Here's the thing, uh, there's been a lot of debate about this guy and I, I've seen a lot of talk about it and people are like, oh, well, why did Wolves let him go and all this kind of stuff? Um, I, I, I've been pretty sort of digging deep into it since I heard he was signing for us and I've been a fan of the player anyway um, and I've been checking out stats and just looking at it that you know he's the third most effective player at Wolves uh, behind um, Traore and Jimenez um, and he doesn't even play all the games for them. Like That's crazy stats. Um, you know when you when you lay his sort of stats from last season down against Sadio Mane's uh, Mane's are obviously better, but he's not far off him. He's only 23 years old. He's got pace. He can score goals. Uh, I heard there was an argument uh, myself and and Mister um, an like, Bickler. There's <laughs> always an argument with Mister Bickler. Yeah, maybe a debate we had with someone else um, on one of the the groups. I think it was the LFC America group. Um, about Jota, and he, he said he was a, a a no mark, and and he was no good, and blah blah blah, uh, and he wasn't good enough for the team or whatever it was, uh, uh, and he wasn't worth you know forty one million. He he was worth ten million, and and I was like, man, do you even watch this game? Have you ever seen this guy play? Um, like the the guy is, for me, uh, a better signing than Adama Traore. Um, he's a better signing than Ismail uh, Ismail Sarr um he can play he's two-footed he can play any position along the front including in in the 10 um but he's he's he prefers that left-hand side um obviously because he's predominantly left-footed but he can play with both feet uh there was an argument that oh the goals he scores were tap ends or goalkeeper mistakes in my mind that means he's in the right place at the right time exactly um you know uh and for a winger to be in the right place at the right time, there's shades of Mane and Salah about him, you know. Wingers that just have striker mentalities. Um, so, it, it it um it's a good signing. It's a very strong backup. Um, you know, obviously we have like Harvey and um and and, and Curtis and stuff, and, and we were playing ox on the wing a few times, which never works for me. This guy is is a good natural replacement for any of the front three. I think uh, in, in know, my estimation
1: when you compare and like you mentioned like Sar whose name was going around for a long time uh yeah. and uh, you mentioned another name I can oh uh, Adama Traore and yeah. I think you know I don't know if you look at from a different team's perspective maybe those guys might be better suited but I think for us he's a better signing because I can see yeah. him being able to do that interplay like you can see Traore exactly. in that equation of the first goal we scored against Chelsea in terms of like yeah. the give and go, the cross, you know, what I mean that, that interplay that happens there. I don't know if the other two like the names that you mentioned, and I know like you know people love you know speed. It's just like yeah. playing FIFA, you know, like people love the you know the speed, and you know obviously Charlie, you know, just like bulldozing over people and stuff. But in terms of like the interplay, I mean, you can even kind of like watch and like the ball control, the ball movement, and stuff like that, which is one reason he was not in Barcelona anymore is that because of that technical you know capabilities so i feel like for us jota is like a better signing and the way we did a payment plan like you know <laughs> yeah, 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 like the way we're buying players now is like a deep uh, online uh it's i it's a great signing good value we've been asking for the problem is the fans are never happy you know from our yeah <laughs> page to left America our facebook group you see the post People are never happy. We've been asking for a proper backup to the front three for a couple of years now, to be honest. But especially like, you know, the last two summers we've been asking for it. And we talked about it before on this pod several times about, you know, sick of seeing d trying to play left wing when it's not as... (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, we finally signed somebody and everybody's like, why do we spend so much money on this guy? It's like, And then if they didn't spend money, why isn't FSG spending money? It's just like some some people just want something to bitch about. But I feel like, you know, with the deal we reached, and obviously, you know, that might have gone into the decision making. But knowing Klopp and, you know, how we operate, we don't buy a guy just to buy a guy because he was cheap. Uh, I'm sure there were other names out there. This is the guy who's proven in the Premier League, which I think is like the biggest thing of all. You know, there were other names thrown around before, you know, Winger that plays in France and stuff like that. I just like getting a guy who we've seen in the Premier League be very effective. Proven. Heck against us. You know, be very effective, yep. get past players, you know, like drag players to different areas. I mean, I feel like he can even play for Bobby the way he plays, his work rates and everything like that. So we got a great backup for the front three. So just relax and be happy for one.
0: Look look at his numbers from last season. I think he had, what, six, 16 goals and nine assists last year? Something like that. Um. And he didn't play every game either. I mean, um, I think some of those goals also came in Europe. But still, I mean, for a winger, that's still a great return. Um, you know, and, and as you said, Adama uh, for me, is a very one-dimensional player. It's all about that speed and pace. And you know, if um, he can blast by, if he can, you know, blast by the uh, the fullback and whip a crossing for Jimenez, happy days. Yeah. Um, or he can blast in between the defenders and get through on goal himself. Uh, that's it. You know, uh, for me, that's it. He he doesn't bring anything else to the and table. And that's not how we um, play.
1: Like, we don't just go no. to the end and, like, whip it in. And here's another thing. Exactly. We're not, that speed does not come in handy when you're playing against Burnley and they're all sitting no. back because there's no space. Exactly. We're going to run past. There's always, like, you run past the young guy, the other guy's, like, two feet away because they're all sitting back. So the pace can kind of be, I mean, if you're playing a team like Wolves, where like maybe another team where people are not playing as defensively and sitting back, yeah, you can throw balls behind and kind of like take advantage of that. But when people are just sitting back and, you know, that's when you need to interplay and the movement and stuff, and that's not him. When you, like, you rarely see him slide anywhere past, like, the line of, like, the box. So he's no. always on that wing. I mean, that's his style. So, like I say, you know, for us, I think Joda is, like, a much better player.
0: Yeah, for sure, and and that's the thing. Now, it 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 kind of went from sort of the FSG out crowd had sort of piped up on Twitter and and social media and stuff over the last couple of weeks because we hadn't made any signings. We we only sort of brought in Jamaica's, uh and and sort of Billy Cuma will come in uh, as well, uh, and it was kind of everybody was like, oh, here we go. You know, we're not going to spend any money or blah blah blah, and then we're we're saying, oh, we don't have money. We're not going to spend it, and then sort of Tiago arrives uh, on a payment plan and then, <laughs> uh, and then Jota and then Jota. Well, that was the thing that the, uh, the news had broke about Hoover going to Wolves for 10 million, which I was kind of disappointed about. Um, I, I think he's a very promising young player. Um, but I think the rise of Nico Williams kind of pushed him out the door. Um, so to speak, but I thought that would have been out on a loan possibly. I wasn't expecting him to go, um, for a full deal, you know, uh, but Gary Doherty going to Spurs probably opened up that space and he can play right back wing back and he can play as a center back as well. So I think in that Wolf system where they like to play three at the back and the three, five, two sometimes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, he's a handy player to have for them. Um, so, so for play to the kid and I hope he does well there, uh, just not against us. And, um, yeah. Um, like, So uh, I'd heard the rumor that, you know, that was kind of him going there and it was sort of greasing the the wheels, so to speak, for Jota to come to us. And I thought, that's so strange. Yeah, whatever. And then all of a sudden it was real. And I was like, oh my God, what's next? You know, uh, Jota to me was a Fabinho Fabinho transfer. Completely out of the blue. Nobody expected it. Bang, there it is. You know, Uh, and that's how we do business. You know, um, are, are we <laughs> or Van Dyke, like <laughs> it Seattle. either drags down for six
1: months or a year. Yeah. Or it happens within like 24 hours. But, yeah. you know, you go back to, I think maybe like a couple of months ago on the pod we did and we were like, what do we need? And we said, yeah. well, we need backup for Robo. We addressed that. We were like, hey, you know, if we get signed somebody for midfield, you know, who can pass with the Lions, help open up defenses. We did that. We said, yeah. we need somebody to back up these three up front. We just yeah. did that. The only thing that's left, I think we said, was a center back. I don't know if Ozan yeah. Kabak is the answer to that. Like say, as much as I would love to see a Turkish dude play for Liverpool again, uh, I, I'm not sure. But I think that's the only area. And I guess if we're rolling the dice with putting Fab back there, okay, I guess. I really would still rather have a sign person. But we literally addressed everything that we talked about that we kind of probably dragged our feet on last summer. And pe- yeah. some people are still not happy, but I, I'm kind of like giving up on that cause of you know uh, yeah. making fans happy. I mean, the squad has <laughs> deaf now uh, in every position except maybe center back. So I think if we address that, yeah. it's a great off season without really spending a lot of money. I mean, this Edwards is a freaking genius, man. I mean, the amount of you know money invested into this not upgrade, up. it's almost shady. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, well, what's going on here? I mean, like, how how is he able to pull off these deals? You know what I mean? Because it, it, it's just absolutely crazy. Um speaking of deals or, or non-deals, so to speak, did you see the uh have you seen the, the tit for tat that's been going on between Sky Sports and uh uh Steve Parrish from Crystal Palace? Yeah. Um over Ream over Brewster. Um so Sky put out uh a thing saying that um Liverpool had agreed in principle or whatever or a formal agreement of 19 million with add-ons to take it up to 27. And Parish came out and went, this is, basically, this is bullshit. Sky, take this down. Which is very Um, I I have no agreements. We've never spoken. There's no deal formal or informal. Um, Take this down. And I was kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. This is, this is new. Um, I kind of like it. I like I like I like these guys coming out and saying. I mean, is he using it as a ploy to maybe get the price down or do whatever he's doing? I don't know, but I kind of like the idea of the club starting to call out the bullshit rumours, because you have to think, it it definitely is going to have an effect on a squad or whatever. That you know, if this rumor is believed to be true and a player is feeling insecure at a club, take Genie for example. Yeah, you know, was he feeling a bit insecure because of all this Thiago talk? Is is you know was he feeling you know oh this guy's going to be brought in to replace me you know and then you see them play together and it, 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 whatever but um, you know it, it definitely it's definitely going to have an effect like nobody is immune to it you, you can be professional and you can be the best at what you do but you know sometimes that can that can creep in and those outside influences can have an effect uh, on your performance maybe just on the day it does maybe in training one week it doesn't really. You know, but i think it's good to see someone come out and say, "Look, this is fucking bullshit you
1: know i I um when I saw that, it was odd, first of all, somebody to come out and me, like, yeah yes, yeah, you know. uh, but I, I my initial reaction was, this is something that we're throwing out there, like we're leaking out, <laughs> uh, just to keep you know because uh, it was Sheffield United until now. Uh, yeah, that was being talked about. So either we're trying to. Keep
0: I would that- much rather. I would much rather he go to Sheffield United.
1: I, I, if he was going to
0: go anywhere, I would rather he go
1: there. Exactly, but I honestly, I think he would probably do better at Crystal Palace.
0: Yeah, well, he has the likes of Zaha beside him there. Yeah, that would be exactly. That would I, be mean, that's an that's, that's, I think he
1: would do better. But I, I almost thought the moment I saw it and he came out and called him as BS, I was like, man, this could be something that we're throwing out there either to keep Sheffield yeah. United more interested or. Kind of like as we work out the terms with Sheffield United to keep the terms more beneficial. But yeah, it is odd. And I I love Brewster. But if we're selling him for 15, 20 or whatever, like the numbers being thrown around, and the buyback, I think I read it was like 37. I think that's a good deal. I mean, because if you send this guy out, first of all, he's not going to get opportunity over here. It's almost like you're loaning him out, and it's like a low risk. You're getting all the money back, that you spent and then some because you got all these payment plan things going. Uh, but yeah. if he turns out to be the player that we're hoping right now, he turns out to be, let's say, two years from now. You know, he has a season yeah. like, you know, inside at Southampton last year and stuff like that. $37 yeah. million in two years to buy back a top striker in the Premier League is going to look like peanut. So yeah. oh, why sure. not?
0: And yeah, man, and, and I do like Ream Brewster and he had a really good season last year with Swansea in the championship. And, you know, he obviously knows what the goal is and, and he knows, you know, uh, you know, he has the work ethic and everything else, but he is unproven in the Premier League. And the, there, I know there's this love and joy of seeing um, the youngsters come through. Yeah, You know, we've seen it with Trent. We've seen it with Cujo. Um, you know, those players coming through are, are always a, some of my favorite players because they always stick around the club for a long, long time, you know. Uh, and um, Brewster, we we haven't had a, 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 you know, a young striker come through, um, and have a big effect um, since the likes of sort of Owen and Fowler. Yeah, you know. So um, you know, it, it would be lovely to see a young guy come through and start banging goals for us again. But um, I just don't think he's that he's ready yet. You know, especially with the style of football we play. Um, you know, Bobby plays a very particular role in that that middle, um, that strikers position. I say in parenthesis, You know, um, he's not um, an out and out striker um, in the sense that Ryan is. You know, Ryan is a, is, a, is very much a, a a goal scorer. He's very much a Michael Owen and a, an Ian Rush um, type striker. You know, um, so we would have to play a slightly different style of football. Um, I mean maybe that four, two, three, one um formation would would suit him and pull Bobby back into the ten, but um But who you're taking it, out. It, I mean,
1: you're it, taking out a top player to be able to I mean, yeah, like it's not it's Brewster, so for us to, you know, shuffle around that many pieces to fit yeah. him in. I, I I go back to the similar about like what we talk about, Sar and Ferrara. I think the inner play is where he probably lacks right now and that's why he's yeah. not getting the opportunities. But Like I say, I mean, yeah, if he does go out there, I mean, the worst-case scenario for us in terms of, like, selling this kid is he turns out to be a superstar. Okay, so we buy him back for, like, $37 which is probably nothing for a top forward uh, and a striker. So that's the worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario, it could be... I mean, people are talking about the whole Solanke thing now, and I think that's why... (laughs) I think you're right. I mean, if Solanke came up through the ranks... People would be a lot more hesitant to sell him similar to we are right now with Brewster. There is that sentimental thing of, you know, he's our bully kind of thing. But everybody's, you know, like talking about how we saw Salon K and we bought Thiago with less money. I mean, (laughs) two years down the road, we could be saying the same thing. We could be like, man, we're at Sheffield. We sold him Brewster for 20 million. If he doesn't pan out to be, you know, like a top guy in the Premier League and that's not his level, so... Yeah. i like to say the risk reward is almost like a no brainer. If the money that's being talked is actual numbers, obviously we don't know details, but if those are actual numbers, I think it's a no brainer to sell them.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, again, I I, I think for me a, a loan would be would be perfect. Um, again, for the guy, um, you know, if you want to sell the palace, Sheffield United. I mean, you know, obviously we didn't have the best of deals with with Roy. Uh, when he was with us, but um, you know he he is a good manager. He he's a proven track record, and and, and you know, Palace are, are not a bad squad. They're not a bad team. You know, they're not amazing. You know, they're they're a mid-table Premier League team. You know, but um, they do have the ability to hurt hurt teams. Um, you just look at what they did the United. And yeah, they can hurt um, You know, um, but uh, and I think you know, like you said, Zaha, Townsend, um, supplying him um, and having them, you know, Zaha is a very similar player to the likes of Mane, so that you know that that kind of um, interaction might be good for him, you know. Um, and you know, there's lots of other things as well. It, you know, do you want him to rot away sitting on the bench? You know, if we're up against teams and you know we don't need a goal scorer to make a change, we we need a uh, we need someone in there to, to hold on the or whatever it's going to be. Um, you're not going to be bringing in rain, you know. Um, and for the style of football that we play, we don't play what I like to call striker football. Yeah. We don't play football that, that benefits an out-and-out goal scorer. So um, it would be a big change, like you said, to, to shuffle everything around to fit him in. Um, it's going to be a big change. Uh, we'll probably see him against Lincoln City if if he's not off discussing a, a deal with someone. But um, I hope we see him against Lincoln City. That That would be good. But... Um yeah, it would be it, very it telling
1: sense. if we do not see him actually. Like if we're not, yeah. you know, the deal is imminent and we don't want him getting injured. So if you don't see him out, there, exactly. I almost feel like he's gone.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and again, uh, like Hoover, good luck to the kid, you know. Um and whoever he goes to, um, I, I hope he's successful and we get the band back. Um, I just hope he's not successful against us. Um like Hoover. Um and that's the thing, you know, the, there may be more leaving. I don't know. The, the window doesn't close for another couple of weeks. Um so I, I I'm just sort of like, well, uh, if anybody's going to go for I think we've we've mentioned it before, maybe Shaq or 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 maybe even Origi. I don't know. But um you
1: would think it would be like Origi or Brewster and not both. Yeah. I don't know if this means, you know, we picked Origi over him and I don't know if that's made, you know, like bottom line, like contract kind of stuff and all that's because we have him kind of locked yeah. up. But, um, yeah, you would think you would be one or the other. I mean, I expect Wilson to be sold uh, at this yeah, point, probably getting in, especially with like Jota being here and, you know, hopefully Ops yeah. eventually coming back. Um. Shaq, yeah, we it's a mystery. I mean, is this guy he's like freaking Waldo? Like, where is he at? What is he doing? <laughs> you see him warming up, you see him practicing, then you hear his injured, yeah. he doesn't play. So yeah. I mean, I liked watching him play and he definitely brings something else to the team when he's on the field, especially going forward. And it's the kind of yeah. guy that, you know, if you're behind or if you're tied, you know, you're looking for a goal, you can't see yourself saying, like, yeah, you know, Shaq can bring something and change something in the game yep. i really don't get that feeling like i wouldn't be like yeah let's put wilson in or <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so it, exactly yeah so i i don't know what's going on with him i if he stays i almost feel like we're just not going to get much for him with his injury record and stuff like that yeah. and i mean who has watched him recently heck we haven't so who's watched him recently yeah. to say yeah let's be hey, 15 we, for this guy
0: hey we're making the same against lincoln city that would be good yeah um hopefully fingers crossed. That would be an interesting front. Um Jada Minamino Shack. You are for- there's a front three for you. That is an interesting on the front, front, but you're gonna Jota on the left, the left the Minamino through, through the middle.
1: somewhere. Yeah, it's, no. uh, that's why like this Lincoln City game is gonna be so interesting. I know who does play center back, uh because yeah. you know, are you gonna like put Van Dyke out there again? Uh he's gonna yeah. play again on Monday. You're not gonna put Fab out there. Are you gonna run out, Gomez? There, or would you rather sit for a couple more days so he can play next Monday? You know, sure. it's very a lot of unknowns going into this game. I mean, I guess it is Lincoln but still.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that that's the thing. Um, uh, one thing I forgot to mention actually, uh, shout out to Allison for the penalty save. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just I I just remember that we didn't talk about it, and and obviously it was Thiago that committed the foul, which I think was very unlucky. It was soft. Um, I mean, I can see, I can see why they give it, but it, it was very unlucky. It was soft and, and it was a poor, poor penalty by Jorginho, uh, and a great save by Allison. So, uh, shout out to Allison for that. Um, and, and speaking of that, um, obviously penalty saves, uh, there was a couple of them this weekend, which was good for the old fantasy teams. Um, and, and Tumuchin, uh, had a chat with our, our resident fantasy league expert, Ola. Um, so yeah, he, they, they had a little chat about uh, what happened this weekend fantasy-wise, so uh, we're, we're going to switch over to them now, uh, and we'll leave you with that, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap things up after that.
1: So let's talk about some fantasy football, and to, with us right now we have Ola, the winner of last year's tournament, and our fantasy expert joining
2: us. Ola, how's it going? Not bad at all. Good to be back. Good to hear from you.
1: So, let's start. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk last week, uh, but let's uh, kind of like look at the past two weeks now. Uh, let me get your take on, like, what surprised you the most in terms of, like, what's happening around the league compared to, uh, you know, past seasons?
2: Well, um... The strikers have been banging a lot of goals, <laughs> which is a <laughs> lot of hat tricks, a lot of hat tricks, lot of braces. So it's good for fantasy football because that means you have a wider range of choice and makes it more competitive because it can be a bit boring sometimes if everybody's buying the same set of players and everybody's trying to buy the same person who's scoring. But there are so many people scoring. So that's good fun, actually. So it's a good surprise that there are so many people scoring braces and hat tricks. And, lots of points um. so yeah that's that's probably one of the biggest surprise which is a good surprise. In our
1: <laughs> opinion. Yeah so our regular listeners know that I'm like kind of a newbie to this concept I've done like American football fantasy football in the past but doing it with you know like soccer or regular football is kind of new to me so of course beginner's luck I've suddenly been doing pretty good over here in the first first two weeks Um. so but then Obviously, we are a big league and things fluctuate all the time. So do you think, I mean, what is your strategy overall? You go through, you pick a team. I mean, I know some people who already use their choice to be able to kind of like rehash their team and do multiple substitutions. When is it a good time to press the panic button if
0: you're going (laughs) to press it?
2: Yeah, I'm resisting the temptation to press my own panic button. but Yeah. I didn't have a very good start. Um, the first game week, I put um, Mane as my captain because I have Mane and Salah. And I put Mane as my captain, then Salah gets the hat trick. So I was already <laughs> panicking because I had the wrong captain. But I, I, yeah, you're right. Some people are panicking already, but the, the thing is patience is needed. And especially this season, because after game week four, there's going to be an international break. So I will advise, um, hold your wild card up to game week four when there's the international break. By that time, you have more information about the players who are coming in because the, the clubs are still buying players, you know. Transfers are still being made. Gary Bill, for example, has joined. Regulion has joined Spurs. So you have to wait and see what price are those players. And then you have to wait and see if there are other players coming into the league who might be useful for your squad. So, yeah, don't hit the panic button yet. Wait up <laughs> to, in my opinion, wait up to game week four. Because then there's an international break and then you can use your wildcard to bring in as many players as you want. You can restructure your squad. So for myself, I'm not going to um, use that wildcard up to game week four at least.
1: So that's actually, you brought up a good point over that. I mean, in your experience, do you normally see newcomers being kind of undervalued? So is that like your biggest opportunity to kind of like nab somebody at the low and kind of like cashing on them?
2: Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, um, the tennis, sometimes some of them come in very expensive, like Timo Werner is um, 9.5 at the moment. Um, I think that's a bit pricey because you don't know how it's going to do. Uh, it looks like it's going to be dangerous, but it's going to score enough goals to justify it. But the reason why some people say, wait until you've seen all the newcomers is um, if you get in there early, if you get them early and if there's somebody you're gambling on and you're thinking this guy's going to be good, before the price rises for them, you have them in your squad and you benefit from having, um, they call it low ownership. So maybe only 5% of all the players, usually like 7 million players playing fantasy. So maybe only less than 5% of them have that particular new player. So you can use it, you know, and for example, let's say Garrett Bale, for example. Garrett Bale, let's say maybe it's going to be 8 million. I don't know what price it is, And you get him in early and then he bangs out a trick in the hat trick in the following game. You know, not many people will have Gary Bill straight away. And then that makes your ranking go up very quickly. So it's not only because of the number of points, but also the price. Because if many people, if after it's cost the hat trick, like 100,000 people buy him straight away, then his price goes up to like 8.1, 8.2. Then it gets maybe too expensive for you to buy straight away. So that's why it's better to wait and see what price the new players are. And then maybe you can gamble on one or two doing very well. I got you. So
1: let's talk about that. In terms of like adding people in, who have you set your sight on? Like after the first two okay. weeks, you're like, hey man, this could be a good pickup. So if somebody's looking to pick someone up, uh, what are yeah. some good names you can suggest right now without endangering? Oh your-
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is always the fun part. <laughs> the very first few weeks of fantasy Premier League where some surprising names come up or some people who you never expect. Um, for example, Dominic Calvert-Lewin in um, Everton. He was originally priced for seven million. He scored four goals in two games, and um, his price is up to seven point two. It's probably going to be seven point three very soon. That's somebody I'll be looking to get in because um, Ancelotti seems to be getting the best out of him. He's trying to make him into the new Inzaghi. There was an interview he was talking about and saying, "I'm teaching Dominic Calvert-Lewin to score with one touch." So. It seems like it's going to score quite a few goals, and um, Everton's fixtures are not too bad, except when they're going to play Liverpool. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will be a good price range because he's going to start. He's, he's been playing almost 90 minutes every game. Um, also in midfield, I think it will be, well, the funny thing is I had Son, Son, Son from Spurs. Um, but I took him out in the first week, so I missed out on his four goals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't the only one who took him out. Like hundreds of thousands of people took him out, and his price actually dropped from 9 million to 8.9. So I think the way they're playing now, Spurs, with Bill coming in, I think Son is going to get a lot of goals, so you might need to put him in your midfield. Um, and then in the defense, there are not many clean sheets at the moment, but um, if you look at Leicester City defenders, so, they have a couple of cheap defenders. One is his name is Justin, and the other one is Castania. They are cheap enough. Um, Justin actually is cheaper at 4.5, and he's, he's very attacking. He scored a goal in the last game week. So, those are the kind of things you'll be looking at. You're looking at who is value, who is good value, and who's going to try to score you more points before the international break. Because the way I, I, I think I, I try to put it is try to break it into sections. I break the season into sections. So, this is section one, Don't panic if you're not getting many points. Section one is just for you to get as much information about all the players as possible. So section one is look around whose value is not very expensive, but who's scoring many points. Um, So the Leicester City defenders look very attacking at the moment. Their fixtures don't look very bad. And then Man City, um, Aguero is not going to be playing for a couple of months. So Jesus at 9.5 is not too bad because Man City are going to score a lot of goals too.
1: And so on the reverse side of things, uh, who the hell? Who do you just run out of the club, uh, or is it too early to kind of uh, bail on somebody?
2: <laughs> not too early, Tim. Not too early. Like I said, I... <laughs> there are some players who you just know. For example, I had Dele Ali. Dele Ali, I had him in the first game week, and then of course um, Moreno took him up, took him off at, at halftime, and then he's not played any match since. So if you had Dele Ali, you just have to get rid of him straight up because he's not going to do much for you. Then if you have a couple of Chelsea midfielders like Kai Averts, Kai Averts doesn't look like he has settled yet. Like if you watched a couple of games for Chelsea and it's 8.5, which is a bit pricey. I don't think he's going to settle onto like 10 games into the season the way way I've seen him play. So just pull the trigger and get him out because it's not going to, it doesn't look like someone's going to score many goals or assists in the early part of the season. And then um, goalkeepers. Um, Many people have Alex McCarty. I also have Alex McCarty from Southampton. But man, it's been terrible. It's considered like eight goals in two games. So I'm thinking of bombing him out, you know. So there are players like that. So If you see some players who you just think they're not going to have a good season, it's not too early to put trigger on them. but, But don't... Don't make a uh, a mass exodus of your players. Don't just like sell six, seven players straight away and then cost yourself points. You know, maybe just sell one or two who you think are underperforming and then wait to game week four and then use your wildcard.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a good advice in terms of like, I mean, that international break does come in at a perfect time in terms of like, mm. you know, the, give it four weeks because you can always overreact. I mean, I in terms of fantasy is one thing, but, y- you know, in terms of performance, I mean, just think of like Pookie, for example, last year. Uh, yeah. When it started, he was like, oh, you might end up with 30, 40 goals. And that just <laughs> so, uh, I hear that. So any other last little kind of nuggets uh, for the fantasy football fans? Uh, so they can improve on their performance?
2: Um, Yeah, Uh, so at the moment, um, the the other chips, they they have the triple captain chip, the bench boost, and um, it's one other one um, that you can use to just restructure your team for just one game week. Um, My advice is just stay stay away from those chips for now. It's too early to be using any of those chips. Um, Also, some people um, like to go into the game week, having spent all their money, you know, you have a budget of 100 million. The temptation is always, oh, let me spend all of that money. But because the the market is very volatile of the prices are rising and dropping rapidly, it's better to have at least maybe like 0.5 million in your bank. So it gives you a bit of flexibility if you're going to like try to make two or three transfers. So avoid the temptation of spending all of your 100 million. Just keep maybe 0.5 or one, if you can have, but try to keep 1 million in the bank gives you a bit of flexibility when you're trying to get players whose prices have gone up, you know, so that helps with planning ahead and keep an eye on the next five fixtures. So if you're buying a player, try to buy a player who doesn't have like a run of difficult fixtures ahead, like maybe four or five tough games. Um, because of course, if they're having tough fixtures, that means they're probably not going to score enough points. So try to invest. If you're going to buy a new player, try to look at the fixtures and say, okay, does he have a couple of easy fixtures? So maybe I get a return on investment very quickly so those, those are things to watch out for
1: good good i mean i don't know if you're gonna do well this season but i'll tell you what with these tips hopefully i can continue my run so so far so oh, good. Yeah. So, <laughs> a bit too late for me in terms of like leaving some money off of the budgets you give me the budget i spend it's like the military budget. <laughs> <laughs> i spent the whole thing already but uh, a bit too late for me on that one but definitely good advice well ola thanks for joining us and we'll talk again next week and Hopefully, we'll both be higher up in the standings.
2: No, but uh, thanks for having me. Thanks, My pleasure.
0: All right, yeah, thanks to Ola. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, good stuff to Moochin. Um, yeah, man, asking all, all the hard-hitting questions as always.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to get tips, man. I'm
1: on the move up, so trying to get a couple of tips yeah. so we can keep.
0: Oh, man, I. I'm in like hundred and twenty seventh or something in the league, so I actually had a really good week this week um because last week was a freak week, and this week was a freak week as well because um you know like you said there were, there's been so many high scoring games, and I think that's going to start to calm down as the season progresses and uh, and defenses start to to shore up a little bit um but I'm kind of hoping for restless spectators. That it's like five twos and four threes every week for everyone because yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I had a great it's week, made, and you know, no thanks been, to me. I mean, <laughs> made, hey, it's even made watching Everton worthwhile. Honestly, I have I'm James, I have Hamas Rodriguez and Richarlison in my team, by the way.
1: So, I'm to come up with, uh, I did pretty well this weekend. Remember to change my lineup and crap, so because I was supposed to play the thing <laughs> on Friday and I didn't. So I wake up in the morning, I think like I kind of like semi woke up uh, with a dog or something like that, like seven, eight. (laughs) eight. And I wish this was more like, you know, American fantasy football, where as long as the game is not affected, you can still change your lineup. And I was like, and my first reaction was like, what was the morning game? Like, do I really want to get out of there (laughs) right now? Then I was like, oh, damn, I didn't change my lineup. And you know how those just wake you up like somebody punched you in the face? And yeah, yep. uh, didn't change my lineup, but worked like a charm. I probably would have screwed it up. <laughs> I probably would have benched Mitrovic or, you know, taken Son off or something like that. So yeah. it, it worked out great. But yeah, it's, it's a marathon. But uh, it's yeah. good to see.
0: It's good to be. Well, speaking of pe- the penalty CF thing worked out for me, I, I actually, um, I, I picked Emiliano Martinez as my goalkeeper, thinking he was going to be Arsenal's number one this year um, because he had basically stolen the place from Leno last season. Uh, And I was like, well, there's probably a good opportunity. Like He was very much their goalkeeper for Project Restart um, and played very well for them as well. I thought he's going to be their number one. Um, And then they sold him to Villa. And I was like, oh, shit. And I'd already used my transfer. So I was like, oh, God, I can't take him out yet because I'll get minus four points. So I have to leave him in this week. And I thought, "Mm, Chef United, there's a good chance they could get tanked. But um he saved the penalty and got a clean sheet. And I'm like, Oh, happy days. I think I might just leave him in there. Yeah, Sometimes no action um, is the best action. (laughs) Like, yeah. So, um, yeah. So fantasy league, get involved folks, um, with the guys. Um, obviously Jamie will be back on Thursday with his, uh, Thursday or Friday with his, um, fantasy stuff as always. Um, hopefully fingers crossed. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, the prediction league has been going pretty well. I am, yeah, for you miles yeah. ahead in that <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah man I, I don't know i had to, i had two correct two exact uh scores this weekend again um i think Mateus was kind of like just couldn't believe that i got the the leicester burnley score right there's some crazy um, list like final <laughs> scores that i'm like i
1: mean i do that NBC predictor thing i don't even look at what yeah. i guess
0: because i'm like i know i didn't guess this shit <laughs> so, Yeah. I got 10 points. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah. so I guess the Leicester score, and I guess the the, the City score, which a 3-1 was a pretty sort of, that, that's an easy one kind of the, to sort of get, but the 4-2 against Burnley, I was like.
1: One thing I uh, like about the Predictor League, so that the listeners know, I mean, if you didn't join, you forgot, you never got round to it. I mean, we've had a couple of people actually join recently. You still get like a yeah. base point for the week that you miss. So you're not starting from zero and it's like a lost cause. I kind of like and it's a weekly thing as well. So add more people and as we go, because I think we added like two, three people over last week, we kind of like found that site in the last minute and we didn't know if people would be comfortable going to a third party site kind of thing. But it seems to be pretty darn smooth. They got a lot of other stuff on there too that I, heck, I can barely keep up with my predictions for this league, so I'm not going to ask for more <laughs> trouble. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, so if you haven't joined, you can still, like, hop in there, uh, get the base points. Honestly, it looks yep. like you can get lucky, like how you've been getting lucky, and, you know, pick up like, <laughs> a couple of <laughs> and jump on, to the right away. There's not a big gap between number one. Well, there's a big gap between number one and number two. I think I'm number two. But then everybody yeah. is, like, right, you know, at the, the same level pretty much. So, uh, so hop on. I mean, if you haven't gotten a chance, it's still not too late to do that.
0: Yeah, if you want to get in as well, um, the there's a little there's an app or the the website is called Super Brew uh, Super, and the brew is B R U like Iron Brew, uh, B R U Union, um, and yeah, look up American Scouser. You just search for American Scouser and it will pop up for you. If not, uh, get the American dot com. All the details uh, for the Predictor League are on there, uh, are on the site, as well as our fantasy league stuff. Uh, and obviously the, the FIFA tournaments that we'll be running in the future, which Tomushin won yes, the last I one. I was uh, hoping you
1: would bring that up somehow. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that hate, one. I my, made it through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my, boy, my boy fell at the last hurdle. Um, my boy, Dan Brown. Uh, mad props to him, though. Um, he, he did well to get to the final. Um, but Tomushin was just too good for him. Uh, but yeah, check everything out. AmericanScoucher.com. Um, If you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, it's American Scouser blog. Uh, Get involved in the conversation at LFC America and also American Scouser on Facebook. Timuchin, thank you again for joining me, dude. My pleasure. You'll be be back later in the week with the rest of the guys. Uh, I might be able to join you, hopefully. Uh, And um, we we can get uh, prepared for... Well, hopefully we'll be talking about Lincoln City and getting prepared for um, Arsenal and um and yeah all that sort of fun so yeah uh, if you want to listen back to any of the old um episodes as well uh we're up on apple itunes spotify anchor all the good places uh and obviously on AmericanScratcher.com. just remember turn on tune in cop out to the american special <laughs>